0: Welcome to episode 17 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Today, I'm going to be discussing my favorite PlayStation VR experiences of the year. I'll stay away from spoilers, of course, but I want to give some mini reviews of each title so you can determine if it's something you would be interested in checking out. If you don't have a PlayStation VR or are on the fence about getting one, this episode will still give you plenty of insight into what makes this hardware so magical. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at inyourelementpodcast. You can find me on Twitter at podcast. And if you enjoy the po- the podcast, visit slash inyourelement and support at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early, gain exclusive access to the In Your Element Discord server to hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any questions for the show, email me at hello at com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. Let's jump into some news for the week. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate launches tomorrow, December 7th, on Nintendo Switch, and I couldn't be more excited. Nintendo has done a great job hyping this game up over the past year, delivering new content and experiences throughout E3 and various Nintendo Directs. And since the review embargo lifted today, we've gotten our first look at how this title stacks up against the previous titles. Currently, as of this time, Smash Bros. Ultimate is sitting at a 93 on Metacritic and a 94 on OpenCritic. At one point, it was the highest rated Super Smash Bros. game of all time on Metacritic when it was uh, up one point at 94, but since then, it's found a cozy resting place at 93, which ties it with Super Smash Bros. Brawl on Wii. For comparison, the original Super Smash Bros. for N64 has a 79 on Metacritic, Super Smash Bros. Melee regarded by many as the gold standard for the Smash series is sitting at a 92. As I mentioned already, Super Smash Bros. Brawl for the Wii was previously the highest rated entry in the series at 93. And the most recent entries, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and Super Smash Bros. for 3DS currently sit at a 92 and 85 respectively. So when the dust finally settles on Smash Ultimate, it seems it may in fact be the best entry in the series, which is fitting for its name. I can't wait to try out all the new characters myself, as well as the World of Light mode. Tweet at me and let me know what you're excited for most in Smash Brothers Ultimate at iye podcast. I'd love to hear it. Second news story for the week is that Rockstar has officially announced they will be re-evaluating Red Dead Redemption 2's online economy after it got a lot of negative feedback from individuals finding it difficult to make any money and having items priced significantly higher than they were in the single player campaign. If you previously spent in-game currency on an item that has since been discounted, you will receive a refund automatically in-game. Rockstar has also announced that anybody who has participated in the online beta from November 27th until midnight tonight, which is December 6th if you're a patron with early access, you'll be awarded $250 of in-game currency and 15 gold bars, which is the premium currency in-game. They also mentioned that they will be continuously balancing Red Dead Online based on community feedback. So far, I've only played a few hours of Red Dead Online last week when it launched, it wasn't the most groundbreaking thing I've played, but it definitely wasn't terrible either. I imagine I'll return at some point in the future when it's fleshed out a bit more and once I've created a posse. Tweet at me and let me know what your thoughts are if you've played any of Red Dead Online's beta. And finally, just going to run through some quick news headlines that are pretty straightforward. Tonight is the Game Awards, if you weren't aware. It will be airing at 5:30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and more. Expect a lot of announcements, some of which have already been teased or potentially leaked, including a new post-apocalyptic Far Cry game, and a possible remake of Crash Team Racing. Nintendo and Sony both have sales going on for many of the games nominated across a variety of categories, so hop on that and save some money. Uh, Fortnite Season 7 is now live, and it includes a new snowy biome on the island, as well as air combat, a new battle pass, and the introduction of Fortnite Creative, a new mode that will allow you to build your own persistent Fortnite experience that you and your friends can play around in and enjoy. And lastly, Nintendo is adding three more games to the NES catalog for Nintendo Switch Online on December 12th. They are Adventures of Lolo, a bizarre puzzle game created by the late Satoru Iwata, Ninja Gaiden, known for being one of the most difficult games of the 8-bit era, and Wario's Woods, a puzzle game similar to Dr. Mario, but with a fresh coat of Wario and friends. No word of another SP edition game, but we've gotten these special edition games the last two months, beginning with The Legend of Zelda SP and Gradius SP, games that basically load up a save point that has many items unlocked from the start, meant to be a bit easier or quicker to play. Alright, let's move into our feature discussion of the week. And that is my favorite PlayStation VR experiences of the year. So it's been quite a year for PlayStation VR, recently celebrating its second birthday back in October, and also announcing they have crossed the 3 million mark in sales. They're very much in the lead for VR sales as compared to Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive, partially because some of the exclusive experiences they offer, but I imagine much of it is the cost. PlayStation VR is very plug-and-play with any PS4 and doesn't require you to shell out thousands of dollars for a PC and premium VR experiences. That being said, PSVR is very, very good, especially running on a PS4 Pro, and with many people jumping on the Black Friday sales a couple weeks ago, there's more people than ever playing PSVR and looking at for some great experiences. And that's what we're going to chat about today. So first, if you're just starting out with PSVR, it's worth looking into uh, PlayStation VR Worlds, which can be had for relatively cheap these days. It offers five different experiences, many of which are great for just showing off what VR has to offer. But beyond that, I would start looking at some of the platform's flagship titles. So no better title to start with than my favorite so far, and that's AstroBot Rescue Mission. This game released about two months ago and has surprised just about everyone who's played it. I mentioned it a handful of episodes back and how much I was enjoying it. After playing through the remainder of the game, I absolutely would say this game is a must-buy. Many critics are calling this PSVR's killer app, the one that really shows you what can be done in VR. Others have described the experience as similar to how Super Mario 64 redefined platforming back in the day. AstroBot has redefined what VR game could be. Prior to this, there have been a handful of great games, but others just took the first person perspective, maybe added some guns and labeled it a VR experience or VR enhanced version of an existing game. While these games are still fun, nothing compares to a game built from the ground up for the platform. It's hard to watch a video of AstroBot and really understand how it differs from a traditional 3D mascot platformer, but once you put on the headset and understand the sense of scale created by some of the characters and levels you will immediately realize why this game is so magical. The gameplay is very much a straightforward platformer divided into 5 levels each across 5 vastly different worlds. There are additional collectibles and challenges that will keep you engaged for a long time. The player controlled character, a single astrobot, is set out to rescue his lost friends in each level and rebuild their ship that broke. As you play through the levels, they continue to build on the skills you've developed and add temporary abilities to help you solve level puzzles. Each world ends with an epic boss battle that puts all of the skills and abilities you've mastered in the previous levels to the ultimate test before moving on to the next area. This is one of the games I love to show other gamers who have not experienced VR before because it's so simple and accessible and yet such a delight to play through. The next game I'd like to talk about is Beat Saber. Now if you've poked around different VR communities on Reddit or anywhere else, you've likely heard of this game, but it's taken the VR world by storm, and rightfully so. After finally coming to PlayStation VR a couple weeks ago, it's finally available to everyone now. Beat Saber is a rhythm game at heart, but has you not playing instruments to hit the notes, but instead swing around a pair of lightsabers. It's another simple experience that anyone can understand, but like many rhythm games has a very high skill ceiling. The PSVR version of the game launched with the original 10 tracks, plus 5 PSVR exclusive tracks. The team has stated that they will be bringing more DLC packs in the future to add content to the game. The only downside to playing Beat Saber on PSVR is that we don't have access to the mods that the PC community has developed since the PlayStation is a closed platform. That being said, the base 15 songs are a blast to play through. They'll have you trying to best your score against yourself, other friends, and everyone else online. The gameplay is very straightforward here too. Each hand wields a saber and blocks come at you from the distance, each with an arrow indicating which direction to slice it. So think like Fruit Ninja where you're kind of just slicing uh, through the air. More points can be had by larger sweeping motions. So many songs have you flailing around like a crazy person trying to get the best score. The beauty of Beat Saber, however, is how much of a badass you feel like as you methodically slice and dice the blocks in rhythm, all while trying to be as smooth and flashy as possible. I can only imagine what I look like in real life. But seriously, between the gameplay, the songs, and the difficult campaign mode, there's plenty of fun to be had with Beat Saber. This game also is a hell of a workout so make sure you're ready to sweat. I really enjoy showing this game to anybody who hasn't played VR, regardless of if they play other games or not, because the gameplay is so simple to understand. I highly, highly recommend this one. Staying with the music themed games, another recent release to PSVR is Tetris Effect. Now, this game is playable without VR, but it was clearly not designed for that experience. This game was created by Tetsuya Mizuguchi, most famous for creating the PS2 and Dreamcast game Rez. And the hit franchise, Luminous, another rhythm-based puzzle game. So when I heard he was developing a new Tetris game, I was immediately interested. Not because it's Tetris, but because of how much I appreciate his work. Luminous might be my favorite puzzle game of all time, which they just recently released a remastered version of on Switch. Definitely pick that up. Uh, I never played Res back on PS2, but I have played Rez Infinite, which is available on PSVR, so I understand the type of work he makes. Um, I'll be honest, I've never been a big fan of Tetris growing up. It's a franchise that just never interested me too much. Um, Puzzle games in general are not my favorite unless they offer something drastically different from the traditional formula. But the first trailer I saw for Tetris Effect earlier this year had me shocked. He brought the same magic of dynamic pieces that change with the music to the legendary Tetris franchise. I knew it was a day one purchase for me. And let me say, damn, this is quite a game. I've made it through the journey mode which is effectively the campaign of Tetris. Uh, As you progress through the groups of levels, you're mesmerized by the dynamic visuals and soundtrack. His games are very famous for almost putting you in a trance-like state as the visuals and music sync up in such a special way that nobody else can achieve. Uh, As I began playing Tetris Effect, the only way I could describe it was Cirque du Soleil meets Tetris. There were particle effects and animals swimming all around me at one point in a level, and I couldn't help to just look around in awe. It's truly a divine experience playing this game. Again, another game that is just about anyone can pick up and play since Tetris is so widely known. Also even playing without VR, which I've tried a couple times, is still a surreal experience. The gameplay is familiar, the visuals and music are still a delight, but being in the headset creates a sense of this overwhelming immersion um, within the game that you can't even imagine. And The last game I'd like to talk about that I really enjoyed this year is Moss. This game was shown last year at E3, I believe, and even before I had PSVR, I was intrigued by it. It was the first game I felt was really going to offer a new experience, uh, and I also fell in love with Quill, which is the little mouse that you control throughout the game. This game is a side-scrolling platformer with light puzzle elements um, that you'll have to solve throughout the relatively short story. Uh, that's the only part that I was a little disappointed by. It's it's probably about a three to four hour story depending on how, uh, how you like to play. Uh, but what makes the game so special and memorable are the visuals. So imagine opening up a storybook and having that world come to life right before your eyes. That's what Moss feels like. It feels like you're playing through a, almost like a small diorama. The environments are littered with detail and many things to collect. What I really enjoyed is how you could peer into the game at any point just by moving your head inwards. This allowed you to look around corners and into little nooks and crannies that a normal platformer just couldn't, couldn't achieve. Um, I found so much of the game was spent just peeking around this little world and trying to discover all of the little secrets I could. The story is fantastical and the developers are working on a second book which will be arriving at some point in the future to continue Quill's story and I simply can't wait. I had my girlfriend Emily play this game a bit and she loved it too. This is a wonderful game to show your friends and family also as the gameplay is relatively simple so there you have it my top playstation vr experiences of this year there were undoubtedly many other games that have released that i played as well but these were the four that really stood out to me as simple straightforward vr experiences that are very accessible to everybody all right. Well, that's it for this week. If you have any questions for the show, email me at the email address hello at in your I'll answer your questions on the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts or whatever podcast service you use to listen to in your element. Also take a moment to drop a five star review on iTunes or in the Apple podcast app as it helps with discoverability for the show. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, visit patreon.com slash in your element and support at the $1 level or above to receive this episode as well as all future episodes early gain exclusive access to the in your element discord server to hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists be eligible for giveaways attend patron hangouts and more until next time see you later elementalists